listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm Casey Foreman. From the NBA to the NFL, I'll be giving you the most recent and up-to-date news in the world of sports. You can listen live every Monday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time at SIUEWebRadio.com or on the TuneIn Radio app and every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host in Tanner File. Tanner, great to be here with you. I would say how you're doing. I'm pretty sure how you're doing, though, after that, that loss on Monday night, but it's good to be here with you. I'll ask anyway, how you doing tonight, man? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, hard to be too upset over a loss when, you know, Kendrick Lamar drops an album on Friday. It makes the whole week better. Yeah, I agree with that. That definitely flew right over my head. You know, to a guy which we, I think we talk about as a top five rapper of all time in our personal opinion. So both looking forward to that. Thank you for the reminder. I'll make sure to stay up a little late on Thursday night to check that out. But a lot to look at and talk about here on Dudes Talking Sports, starting with the NBA playoffs. The second round has been intense. It's been entertaining, and you're not getting off the hook. Once again, we're starting the show with your Milwaukee Bucks that lost on Monday night and discussing whether or not we believe Giannis can carry the load and get the Bucks past this deep Celtic team. After that, though, same with me. I don't know whether I should be worried or impressed by the Warriors taking a 3-1 lead against the Memphis Grizzlies. They are not playing well, but they continue to win games. I'm a little indifferent. Maybe you can tell me how I should be feeling. Then to wrap up the first half of the show, the Mavs making it a series with Phoenix. I'll talk about Philly and Miami. Looks like Miami is going to be winning game five. Uh, So all things second round of the playoffs here in the first half of the show. Then second half, Tanner, remind me, what are we talking about there? The second half of the show, we're going to be bringing out our top 10 teams in the NFL post-free agency, post-NFL draft. Rosters are roughly set going into next season, so now we know who's exactly going to be where, and we think we should tell you guys who our top 10 teams are in the future, coming up in the next couple weeks. Lots of lists coming out for the NFL, maybe spark a little bit of debate here. Yeah, you know, top 10 teams, it wasn't as easy as I, as I thought it was going to be. Definitely up for debate. And like I, like Tanner said, we'll be wrapping uh, the show up today in the second half with our NFL top 10 teams. But let's start with the second round. It's been intense. It's been entertaining. And, and before we get to the games and teams that are playing tonight here on Tuesday, uh, let's discuss Monday's matchup, starting with the Bucks and the Celtics. They are now tied 2-2 as we record this podcast. Al Horford. Tanner, you you were probably having nightmares about Al Horford the other night. He had a huge game, 30 points, eight rebounds, five threes, was perfect in the fourth quarter with 16 points. How are you feeling after a loss like that? Obviously not well. Uh, when, When Al Horford just takes over and beats you, it's pretty hard. And back-to-back fourth quarters at home that we don't play well. We, we win game three on not a great call at the end. Yeah, that was that could have gone either way. That really could have gone either way. Yeah. 
So, obviously, they haven't looked good these last two games, but you got to win one on the road. You got to win in Milwaukee. You got you got to win two of the next three. Mm-hmm. I I believe in this team. I believe in Giannis. I'm not jumping ship, but I'm pretty worried. I think that's fair. You know, when you're playing such a good team that plays on both ends of the floor, it's a deep roster, and you don't have your second best player. That's ultimately what it comes down to. You're not at a hundred percent. Yeah, had a different tune with. Middleton. With Chris Middleton, I think you guys win in six. Honestly, I think you guys win in six games. Maybe it goes seven as well, but I don't think we're, we're sitting here as worried. Maybe maybe they're up three one right now if Chris Middleton played in the series. You know, they very well could have been three up uh, up three one without him, right? So it, it could have gone either way. It was, it was a very good fourth quarter because the Bucks were winning for the majority of that game. I think they were up by by, by 10 12 at one point, right? And then obviously that fourth quarter comeback. Giannis still played really well, 34, 18, and 5. Not as efficient, though, as he usually is. Usually easily over a 50% shooter, 43% in game four. So wasn't as efficient. In my opinion, I think I did see some clear signs of fatigue in that fourth quarter. Sometimes him just standing in the corner when usually more guy facilitator, getting, you know, getting people involved, driving to the rim, standing away from the ball. Uh, you know, not getting back on defense whenever he made that, you know, was not down on the floor with Marcus Smart. That one time he just laid there for a minute, just kind of showing how gassed he was and missing shots that he usually makes. I saw a clear sign where he's driving to the basket. There's a, there's a little bit of a baby hook and misses the rim entirely. That's not something we see from a guy like Giannis two feet away from the basket. I think that's showing fatigue that he's doing all this by himself. And that's part of the reason I'm worried as well is the fatigue is starting to set in. It seems like, right? Yeah. I definitely don't see anything wrong with what you're saying. I would say it's fair to say he's fatigued whenever he is laying on the ground with Marcus smart on the other side of the, on the other side of the court. He's <laughs> yeah. taking 20 seconds to shoot free throws. Like, he's, Oh, the free throws haven't been great recently either. Like, he, like, he was a nice stretch there, but right now, like he's gassed. Yeah. So you need your other pieces to step up. You need more out of Drew Holiday. You need more out of Bobby Portis. You need more out of Brooke Lopez. These guys have to step up because Giannis can't do it all because at the end of the game, we've blown fourth quarter leads because Giannis hasn't been able to do what he normally does because he's had to do it the entire game. He's doing it all uh, through the first three quarters, and then they're expecting him to drive the ship home, to park the car. And he's like, hey, can someone else take the wheel for a second? Like, <laughs> I am gas. I am exhausted here. And, you know, you, you brought up Drew Holiday. That's why you spent so much to go get a guy like that. I forget how many picks you guys gave up, but it was almost – it was basically the exact thing that the Lakers gave up to get Anthony Davis. The Bucks did a very similar package – to get Drew Holiday. Oh, I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm saying this is why you did it. And, and this is why when a guy like Chris Middleton goes down, you invested so much in a guy like Holiday. You're paying him all this money. And it's like, hey, we need you to step into this other role. We know you're, you're usually a three and you're better suited as a three. He's a very good three in the NBA. But as a two, we saw in game four, 22% from the floor, 16% from three, usually a very competent three-point shooter, only 16 points. It had about eight assists as well, so not to knock everything. And 
is the second best defender, you know, on your team and one of the very best perimeter defenders in all of basketball. So you can't, you know, diminish what he does on that side of the ball either. But offensively, that's where they need him the most. They're like, hey, it's great what you're doing on defense. Thanks for getting others involved. They need him to create his own shot and go get a bucket. And he hasn't been able to do that as consistently as they were hoping for, right? And Bobby Portis was non-existent in game four, four points, 28% from the fo- uh, from the floor. He's like their spark plug, no? Like he's kind of the guy that gets them going. Yeah, there's not been a whole lot of spark lately. A spark plug that's out of electricity. <laughs> you could kind of yeah. say it right now in Bobby Portis. Power now. He was huge last year on that title run. He was like, he was on both ends of the floor making big shots, making those, you know, every now and then threes in the corner, playing some great defense, right? So we haven't seen that from him, and they're going to need that, especially, like we said, with Chris Middleton out of the lineup. He is going to miss the remainder of the series. There are people saying, oh, he could be back for game seven, but I'm more of a Shams guy than I am Woj, to be honest with you. And and, and Shams is, is sticking on his sources, and he's saying Middleton will not be playing this entire series because he's, he's only been out, of, I think, about three weeks with that with that uh, sprained MCL, I think it is. And he said usually the average is about six weeks. I think I think Anthony Davis missed some time with that earlier. Kevin Durant, they both missed six weeks. Um, so he's saying it's only been half of that. There's no way he comes back within a week or so. And, and you don't want to rush him back just to, you know, hurt it even more and perhaps damage what he could do next season or if you do end up winning this series for the rest of this postseason right so it's not worth rushing him back but you, you need more offensively it comes down to needing more from drew holiday on the offensive side of the ball i think that's what it comes down to yeah and i do think he's been the second best player on the bucks this series but we need to, i still need him to take a step up he needs he's been to, the second best player. Yeah. He, yeah. he needs to score more. He's doing everything else. He needs to put the ball in the basket. It's got to be more efficient. You got to be more efficient offensively. Take a load off of Giannis because he can't do it all. Even though he's gotten you this far doing it all. I'm unsure that at this rate, if nothing changes from Drew, if nothing changes from Portis Lopez and Giannis still has to do the solo act, I don't know if they can beat the Celtics. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and stick with them because I think Drew Holiday will step up. But I don't, if it continues on this path, I don't know if he can do it. I really can't. Like he's got to have someone else that they're, they're paying big money to a lot of guys on that roster. Someone has to stand up and be that second option because he can't do it all by himself. I said this months ago, my big concern for Milwaukee is the depth and that is showing right now and Boston's no joke obviously uh I don't think Horford's gonna have another perfect game another perfect fourth quarter because like I think Tim you said it was his, it was his uh playoff career high so he's never scored that much until, <laughs> until Monday he's night 35 years old he's 35 he's still putting up 18 points in the series per game so he's still scoring about 20 per but 30 and perfect in the fourth quarter I don't think that's happening again, but they are deep. Tatum's getting 22, 5 and 5. Brown's getting 22 and 7. Horford, 18 and 11. Smart, 12 and 5. Uh, Grant Williams, about 12 points. We saw how, how lights out Grant Williams can be from three at times when he's hitting. <laughs> that dude's knocking down some threes at, at a very high level. It can be very frustrating for the opposing team. Uh, but I'm still picking Milwaukee. I'm still going with the Bucks. Like, I, he's Bucks the best player. 
Bucks in seven. That's I, I don't think they're going to go and win back-to-back games. I think Boston is going to win another one. I think you're going to win another one, too, and it's going to come down to winning on the road for the Bucks. Game seven in Boston. That That's what we live for, though. That's why we do this. That, that is the most exciting thing as far as basketball goes. Game seven. Like, like there's nothing like a game seven. And usually your best players rise to the occasion, and Giannis – has kind of broken through that Wallace where he's, you know, he's up for basically any, you know, challenge that comes up to him. But man, game seven in Boston with those fans, with that defense, with, you know, like I said, guys not stepping up right now, that will be quite the spectacle. And I'm, I'm really hoping it goes that far and we get a chance to have, you know, a do or die. I'm, there not, is I'm no... hoping we win in six. <laughs> oh, obviously you're open. You no, know, I say most fans watching from the outside are hoping this thing goes the distance and hoping we get to see Giannis have, you know, a huge performance to get them over the top and make yet another conference finals, right? Back-to-back conference finals it would be for Milwaukee if they can get that far. So we'll see. I'm still picking them, so we're both going Bucks and seven, though. Final pick. Yeah, Bucks and seven. Bucks and seven, I like it. I think he's going to step up. I'm hoping Drew Holiday steps up, too. Now for the other game on Monday night, my Warriors took a 3-1 lead. I was almost sweating. I was sweating that whole game. That was, I don't know if you watched it or not, but that was a tough game to watch from beginning to end. It was ugly, man. The Warriors scored 40 points, I think 42 in the first half. In the first half. They've scored that you know, in, in quarters before. Okay, so, so in the first half, 42 points. It was it was not easy to watch. Memphis led for 47 out of the 48 minutes that were played. I saw it, that. It wasn't looking good up until that final minute. I think I, even I was saying, oh, this thing's over. This is over. It's going to be 2-2 going back to Memphis. And, and that would be – you don't want to be in that scenario when, you know, you could easily be up 3-1 right now. The, the best player on the opposing team didn't even play, and you almost choke. He doesn't have a coach. We didn't have our coach, which I I know I've been I've been pretty critical on a guy in Steve Kerr. I just want to come out and say, you know, Steve Kerr apology form. I'm filling that out right now. I have not seen us be that bad in quite some time. Uh, kind of showing me, hey, Steve Kerr does matter. <laughs> okay, he definitely matters as far as what we see happen on the court. So no more doubting Steve Kerr. He's got my hundred my one hundred percent faith and trust. <laughs> Is going in that spiky haired man. Keep the haircut, Steve. Never change. Keep doing what you're doing. Hopefully, he's feeling better soon. Um, but like, you know how I'm feeling? Like you can't be that upset because you're up three one. But they ha- they played. They've had one good game all series. They could very well be down three one right now, or be- have it but tied two two. How should I be feeling right now? You think I don't even know <laughs> what to think? I want to be too worried about the Warriors. They're playing a top two seed in the West, and they're up 3-1. It's hard to complain when that's the case. Like, a win's a win. And the, it is the playoffs, you know, and, and you're happy, you know, no matter what happens in that game, they find a way to win it. So that does feel pretty good. You know, Steph had 18 points in the fourth quarter. Draymond had that huge block and Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, to, to basically seal the game. It was a bad shot by Jackson, but we, we can get, get into that here in a minute. Uh, Otto Porter had two 
huge threes at the beginning of the fourth quarter when the Warriors were down 12, and it was starting to look like the Memphis Grizzlies without John Morant were going to take game four and make this, uh, you know, at least a six game series. And man, would that be super, you know, John's out the rest of the playoffs, right? More than likely out the rest of the playoffs has a bone bruise. That's tough. He was limping, you know, the rest of the playoffs is maybe one more game. (laughs) If you're asking a warrior fan, yeah, it's just tomorrow on Wednesday is the rest of the playoffs for the Grizzlies. Uh, But I'm not going to say that I'm not worried. You know, they got three big problems right now. Turnovers being number one. They had 10 turnovers, I believe, in the first quarter in game four. They lead the playoffs in turnovers per game with almost 15, 14 turnovers per game. Slow starts the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Exactly. They've been averaging about 17 in the Memphis series, 17 turnovers per game. Yeah, they are giving it away, giving it to Memphis. Uh, A lot of slow starts, having to get themselves back into games, which is saying, okay, at least they're finding a way to win. But slow starts with that kind of offense, not a lot of excuses. I think you can put out there for that. And inefficient shooting. You know, Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, some of the best shooters in the entire league, especially those first two guys, those guys in Clay and Steph. There's no reason you should be this inefficient here recently. Uh, again, that, that is a little bit of a worrying factor looking at Golden State right now. And it is impressive, though, you know, despite all those issues, they're up 3 1. They continue to find ways to win. But against Phoenix, Looking forward to that conference final. Phoenix makes it there. Looking forward to the finals if they can get past Phoenix. You're not beating the Suns or whoever comes out of the East playing like that. You're playing the Grizzlies. You are playing the Denver Nuggets who had one player on their team. You're you're not going further than the conference finals playing the way that they're playing right now. That's kind of how I'm feeling. Yeah, but I wouldn't be too worried. Clay Thompson's still coming off a year and a half where he's been out. He's got he should continue to get better. Steph Curry missed a bunch of time. He's only played in what you said less than ten games. Yeah, less than ten, nine games, I believe, eight nine. Yeah, since he's been back from injury, like these guys are still getting used to. Yes, they have all this experience playing with each other, but it hasn't been lately. So those turnovers, they're gonna go down. Like they're gonna start playing better. I'm I'm not too worried about this Warriors team moving forward. That makes me feel pretty good. That makes me feel pretty good right now, Tanner. And and on the pro side, we'll look at the benefit, you know, what's going good for them right now as well. Not all negative. They lead all teams in scoring. Okay, they're number one in scoring in the playoffs. Despite these bad performances, they're still number one. They have the most assists per game with 29 assists per game. They're second in field goal percentage. So I'm with you. I think they can turn it around. I think they can get back on track. And, you know, to make it to a conference final, so you, you don't want to look ahead because this closeout game is probably going to be even tougher than their last. You know, Memphis has no quit in them. They play all 48 minutes. It's a pretty deep roster. They play defense. They can knock down threes. But making it to the conference finals after everything that this team has been through the last several years, that feels pretty good. You know, am I sure you don't know if it says believe right here? Just got to believe, you know, Ted Lasso quote right there. You still got to watch that show. Um, just got to believe I'm believing in them. I think they can turn it around. But those three issues, the turnovers, the inefficiency and those slow starts have been a killer. 
And, you know, they're lucky they have so much experience playing together. They're lucky they have Steph Curry, who had 18 points in that fourth quarter, you know, to put them over the top. They're lucky they have the best defensive player in the league, in my opinion, in Draymond Green, having that having that game-sealing block. The most improved player in Jordan Poole wasn't, wasn't even a candidate, but get that, get that out of here. Um, but uh, we're both not worried. We both are still feeling pretty confident about them winning the West, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I believe them. I mean, I believe in them to get to the championship. Do I believe in them to win? That's the real question. That's the real one. We'll see who they play because if it's not your Milwaukee Bucks, maybe you will come on over to the dark side uh, or the light side, we'll as I the light side as I call it. Um, let's move on though. That's what happened on Monday night. We're both still sticking with our teams. I'm going with yours. You're going with mine. Vice versa. Uh, let's move on to the games that happened on Tuesday night as we record this. The 76ers made this a bit more interesting, right? Winning both games at home. You were saying Heat and five. I was saying Heat and six. So this was somewhat what I was expecting uh, You know, the, the Sixers to do. They won both games at home, like I said. Embiid is back in the lineup. Uh, I think that is somewhat of the deciding factor. That is why. It has been more interesting. I think he almost got banged up again in game five. He was going for a loose ball. was kind of holding at his leg after that as well. So this dude has injuries from head to toe. This dude is banged up, but he's still going out there, giving it all that he has. Uh, we now know he's not the MVP, uh, rightfully so. Nikola Jokic has won this year's MVP award. He was my pick. He was your second choice, I think, for yeah. the award as yeah, well. Second. So we're both cool with it, I think. You you. Deep down, you knew Giannis wasn't gonna win it. Yeah, know? I thought Giannis should win it. I didn't yeah. think he would win it. Exactly right. So we're both okay with that choice. Uh, Embiid's averaging twenty-one and eleven through those first two games. Hey, what what did we talk about last week? As far as James Harden goes, not having twenty-five points in his last eleven or twelve playoff games, he did it. He did, he did it, it. In, in uh in game four. He had 31, nine, and seven. Trying to make KCE crow. Yeah, exactly. Trying to make me look bad from last week. Uh I I I was hoping he could build on that and make it more interesting from what I saw in game five, from what I was able to watch. Not so much. Okay, from what I saw, he wasn't doing too much, wasn't as efficient as he was in that game four win for the Sixers. He was their best player on the court, and you really couldn't say that about James. You know, here recently, he has been the third best player on that Sixer roster behind Embiid, behind Tyrese Maxey. 14 Maxie. points tonight. All right, so it's 14, safe to say. Four and six. Oh, wow. Probably not efficient either. So safe to say Five he is. 13. Oh, wow, yeah. Not good at all. So he's not building on that. Sixers don't have a chance. Embiid continues to get hurt. Harden is not building, not, nor improving. That was a bit of a one-hit wonder, you know, kind of showing I can still do this. Every blue moon, every now and then I can do this, but he's not the consistent 30-plus, 25-point a guy, a night a guy anymore. Uh, so the Sixers are done. I'm going to stick with my my original prediction in the Heat in six. They played a lot better at home, but I think this is over. You know, them coming out, putting the exclamation point, the stamp on the series, winning in game five in dominant fashion, Heat in six. Yeah, I also think Heat in six. I don't think, though, I think whoever wins your guys' series between Boston and, and the Bucs, I, I think they're going to the finals. I think so, too. I think, And I think both teams have 
just as good a chance to win the NBA finals when it comes down so to it. It's a very tough matchup for whoever comes out of the Western conference, be it Phoenix Dallas is still available right now. We'll see what they do tonight. My golden state warriors, obviously. Uh, so I was going to, you know, come out with, with, with a little bit of a hopeful, you know, optimistic mind, you know, mindset on this, on this sixer team. But after that performance, after another bad game from James Harden, it's done. You know, Jimmy Butler has been fantastic in the series through, through the first four games. He's averaging 27, six and seven. Dude has been, four, you know, I think he leads the league or he's up there as far as, you know, most 30 point games in the playoffs. He is scoring the basketball easily, almost with ease at this point. Everyone else kind of needed to step up, in my opinion. Kyle Lowry has barely played, he's been injured. Tyler Hero has been hit or miss. Uh, Duncan Robinson is completely out of their rotation. He played yeah. one minute. That's before. strange. Isn't it? They're paying him so much money. They just signed him to this big extension, and then they take him, their best three-point shooter, out of the rotation. Like, I I thought he was hurt still. He was hurt, you know, going to the end of the end of the regular season. I Maybe thought, he still is, and there's something we don't know. I don't know, man. I think they're simply holding them out. I think he played a little bit more tonight. Well, what's the purpose? Not he's he is pretty bad defensively. To be fair, he yeah. is pretty bad defensively. But yeah, he's right. He's been in the top ten as far as three point shooting goes in the league the last three seasons, last two years. So if you're just going to remove him out of the lineup like that, there's got to be cause. And I don't, I don't know. I'm not, like I said, I'm not on the inside loop there. I haven't heard. I know what was going on from my uh, knowledge. I think he's just out of the rotation for the most part. I know Victor Oladipo has stepped up. I think his name's Max Struess. He's stepped up and been a big piece of them here recently as well. Maybe they've somewhat taken his spot. He played 14 minutes tonight. Yeah, that's 14. He played one minute prior to game five. He played one minute, and that was the final minute of game one. Just, you know, when they throw the scrubs in, just to kind of finish the game. Duncan Robinson was in there, a guy we think of as a top 10 three-point shooter in the league, is not getting minutes right now. So I didn't quite understand that. Hopefully he can make his way back into the rotation because when he is hitting, that makes Miami even more dangerous, right? So I think they need his shooting if they want to be a true title contender. Uh, Heat and six, Heat and six, we'll move on. Uh, Suns, Mavs, I tried to tell you. Dallas is going to play better at home. And that's exactly what happened. Jalen Brunson averaging, you know, I think, I think, I think 12 points on the road, 23 points at home. Okay. A complete flip of the switch playing much better. Uh, like I said, Luca and, and Dallas has made this a bit of a series. They won games three and four. They're going to be playing here. They're probably, you know, just tipping off right now as, as we're recording this, uh, I, I still have the Suns in six, maybe seven if Dallas can have another great game at home. But this shows me that this Phoenix team is definitely beatable, even by a one-man show in Luka Doncic. Yeah, I think this Dallas team could beat Phoenix. I was My tone has changed a lot since, since last week. Last episode. I'm yeah. still going to go Phoenix in seven, but I'm – I'm worried about the Suns. They don't have an answer for Luca, and like I said, J- 
and Jalen played great at home. If Did can... you see Luca is the highest scoring person in the playoffs ever, like per game? Ever. Over Michael Jordan, who did have that number yeah. one spot. Yeah, he so again, a much smaller sample size. Jordan played in the playoffs, had six Still championship runs. Still. But he is a high level playoff performer. Like he shows up in the playoffs. That elevates his game to a completely different level in comparison to where he started the season he ends the season a different player a completely different player like he's one of the best players in basketball when he plays like this he's right up there at the top with the Giannis's with the Joel Embiid's with the Nikola Jokic's with the Kevin Durant's Steph Curry's he is right there with those guys if not above a few of them when he's playing like this He's averaging 33, 9, and 9 in, 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 in this series so far. I think it kind of comes down to, though, who's going to play better on the road? I know it could it could come down to, you know, keep winning your home games and Phoenix wins in seven. But, you know, I think it really does, though, come down to who's going to play the best on the road. Can one of these teams steal a road game? And that's, that's who I think is going to end up winning this series. Again, and besides it going seven and everyone continues to only win at home, whoever wins the next road game has a phenomenal chance at uh, winning this series, obviously. right? So we'll see. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how this one finishes up. Luca's been phenomenal. I don't know who I would rather play. I, You would say you probably would rather play Dallas, but with the way that Luca is playing right now, it's like, do you, do you even want would to you? risk – I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think, I think, I kind of feel like for the Warriors, I think you'd rather play the Suns. I, I would personally, like you said, probably rather play Phoenix because that's a team that I really haven't been afraid of all season long. I've been pretty vocal in saying I think the, the Warriors are better than the Suns. And I think they are equipped, you know, to beat that team, even though Dallas plays a similar small ball. Luca could be not to diss Steph. He could be the best player on the floor in that series when it comes down to it. I know me and Nick Wright on Twitter got into a little bit of a spat regarding you'd be, that. You'd be in trouble with Nick Wright. I really need Phoenix to win this series. <laughs> I really need them to win because uh, I, I don't want to swallow that pill and admit that a guy like that was correct. I really don't, don't, don't want to do that. Uh, but hey, I'm there. If it happens, it happens. I will accept that I was wrong. I still think my Warriors would beat the da- – I think they would beat either team coming out of that series. But I'd probably rather play Phoenix. <laughs> I think I'd rather play the Suns when it goes out to – which is crazy because they're the number one seed in the NBA. The You know, the best offense or one of the best offenses, one of the best defenses, the coach of the year. Steph Curry is Chris Paul's dad, though, when it comes down to it. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen Steph Curry outplay Chris Paul so many times so i'm not worried for that matchup whatsoever um but uh yeah we'll see that that's a very interesting series hopefully warriors can win on wednesday get a little bit of extra rest get ready watch the rest of that series prepare and uh, get ready for the uh, conference finals the fact that the warriors could be back in the conference finals is absolutely crazy again i predicted this so it's not that crazy we, we both did but feels pretty good after two years of missing the playoffs to get right back in the conference finals dynasty people saying right enough it's over i i would i would hold off on that let's see how this playoff run goes let's see how they play on wednesday because like like i said it hasn't been great here recently 
Uh, but it, it feels pretty good right now in the Bay Area seeing what they're doing. But uh, been some great series. I say we take a break. If it's cool with you, Tanner, come back. Uh, but the NFL schedule comes out this week. So before that happens, before we get into all our all, all of our various lists, um, power rankings. It's been a while since we've done power rankings, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, excited to get to it. All right, guys, keep it locked on. Casey and Tanner, we'll be right back. All right, and welcome. As we said in the first half of the show, let's transition, talk all things NFL. Tanner and I are going to be doing lots of rankings for the NFL over the next couple of months, month or so, right? It's going to be a lot of rankings in the second half of the show. We have it all planned out starting next week, or starting this week, I should say, because we are doing our NFL power rankings this week, ranking the top 10 teams in the NFL after the NFL draft, and for the most part, after NFL free agency, some players still don't have a landing spot. But as Tanner said at the beginning of the show, we pretty much know what these teams are looking like heading into next season. Uh, so Tanner and I want to look at uh, which 10 teams we believe to be the best in football. We're going to go one through 10 uh, because we think the bottom half of the 10 is a little more diverse a little more optional it kind of depends on the person uh so we're going to go one through ten starting at number one tanner in your opinion right now heading into next season i bet i know who you're going to choose but who's the best team in the nfl it it was tough for me because i think it's between two teams i think it's between i think it's between the bucks and the rams uh i i picked the bucks because i like their roster more I like their offseason more than I like the Rams. The Bucks were able to keep everyone. The Rams lost some pieces, but they, they I did. mean they also did gain. They did get Allen Robinson. Like that's a huge move. That's a big move offensively. Yes. But but the Bucks did exactly what they needed to do. They lost their two guards and a safety. Or I mean not a safety, a safety that does not a starter. We signed Logan Ryan. We signed Keanu Neal. They should be able to add some help in the secondary, yeah. some help at corner, some help at linebacker. Linebacker, they're, yeah. They're versatile players. And then at guard, we traded for Shaq Mason. I think we made all the right moves to load up again for another run. We went and got more receivers. I think this is the best team in the NFL. Tom Brady's going to win one more Super Bowl. He's gonna go off into the sunset to be a announcer, at Fox? a play-by-play guy. I think, dude. You see that contract? I did not. Uh, ten years, a ten-year contract. Okay, doesn't even know if he's gonna like doing it, but he already signed a ten-year deal for something he's never done. Three hundred and something million for ten years. The highest-paid sportscaster, sports broadcaster in the world and he hasn't done it once <laughs> but think about if like michael jordan called play-by-play that's yeah, what it'll be let, like let me ask you this though are you gonna just go watch this game just because tom brady's on call or are you watching it because of the matchup it's gonna help but me personally i'm not gonna just go watch a game maybe at first to see how he does but i'm not just gonna listen to a game just because tom brady's calling it 
But it'll still be cool to hear his stories during the games. It'll be super cool. I'm not going to say, you know, imagine, oh, no, because he's Fox, Tony's CBS. But imagine if those two guys could link up. That would be, <laughs> I'm, then then I am tuning in just to hear those two guys' voices. That That is when I would. Uh, but, yeah, it's smart for them to lock up a guy, the best player ever. I was kind of shocked that he'd want to go right into that and, you know, stick, you say he's sticking around the NFL. He wants, you know, to stay local, stuff like that. But I was kind of surprised not to go up too off topic. Were you kind of shocked to see that though? Yeah, I was really surprised. That just didn't ever seem like something I thought he would do. I thought he would at least, you know, we we would have heard about it sooner or at least he had interest in doing it, but. I guess maybe, maybe he sees Gretzky doing TV for the NHL. Maybe he sees that and it's like, people love that. And he's like, I could do that for the NFL. That's the only thing. I, could I mean, super, one of the smartest players, if not the smartest player that's ever played the game, right? So you're going to want to know his inside. It's fun watching the Manning brothers on Monday Night Football kind of break down what they would do in that situation. So imagine a Tom, you know, Tom Brady doing that exact thing. It's going to be fun to watch. You know, we'll, we'll get back to the topic at hand. I went with the Rams. Okay, I, I did not go with the Bucks. I went the and I went with the Super Bowl champs. Gotta give them a little more respect here. You know, not too long ago we saw them winning the Super Bowl on their home field. It wasn't in dominant fashion by any means. If Joe Burrow could stay upright for another two seconds and make a throw down the field, maybe we're saying this is the team that fell short in the Super Bowl, but. It was a great performance. We're not going to diminish anything that they did. Lost a few pieces, as you brought up, but the Allen Robinson addition makes that offense. We'll see if Odell comes back. You know, people are saying he probably isn't going to go back to L.A., uh, but Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Matthew Stafford, sign me up. Sign me up. That sounds like a good time. Yeah, the only thing that put them below the pucks from me was they lost Andrew Whitworth. Whitworth, yeah. That's a big. I mean, he's just one of the best tackles in the NFL. Losing him, that's not that's no small potato. No, that's huge. I think they got somebody else, didn't they? I swear they went out and got. He's not gonna be. Well, he's not Whitworth. Whitworth. Yeah, no, but I still think this team is gonna be, you know, almost just as good as they were last season. I love the addition of Robinson, Super Bowl champs. I gotta give them a little bit of respect here for our first power ranking you know before the season starts will i still be there perhaps no their their left tackle is joe nope broom okay i have no idea who that is (laughs) okay okay so that's a big loss okay very 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 big loss but i'm still super bowl champs in my opinion have to be at the top of this list yeah and they're number two for me so i have the bucks at number two okay tom brady's back Night, you 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 said every single pick. So I'm not going to br- bring up all the players that they added, but you know, nice free agency, a nice draft. They can beat anybody, and they have the best player who's ever played. They're number two. <laughs> they're at least number two, <laughs> right? So yeah, I think they're the clear two best teams in the NFC. And I think, and I don't, and I don't think NFL. I don't think it's necessarily they're clear and better than every team in the NFL at this point. Cause I think there's a few AFC teams that I considered putting at one, but in the NFC, these are definitely your two top teams. I oh, think. in the NFC, it's not even a question. Yeah. Like that's not even up for debate. If you want to bring up anybody else, I don't know if you know football <laughs> all that much. You're saying any other team is as good as these two loaded rosters. Okay. Number three, we both have Rams bucks. Bucks Rams. What's number three? 
I went I went Buffalo Bills at three. Local. I think they are the best team in the AFC when they're healthy. They have Josh Allen, who's could be the best quarterback in the NFL. He play he is just as good as who you think is the best quarterback. You know, like yeah, I think he's so. definitely not worse than anybody. Mm. And yeah. they went out and they signed Von Miller at their biggest need. They went and they drafted Kyrie Elam to fill their second corner. biggest need. Yeah. They got an edge rusher and a corner, and those are the two things they needed. I, and they were already so good, it's hard not to put them as the top team in the AFC at number three. I had the Bills as well. I think they're going to be even better than last year. They were great last year, but I think they could be even better. Von Miller, O.J. Howard's going to help. Jamison Crowder is going to help. The corner is going to help. They're going to be better. I think they're going to be even better. Who's to say Josh Allen won't even take it? And they didn't lose like anyone. Yeah, exactly. They're they're bringing back the whole crew. Exactly that. The Bills, in my opinion, as well, are the best team in the AFC today. They should be sitting at the very – not any diss to, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals or the Kansas City Chiefs, who I think we're going to be talking about here very (laughs) – in just a second – uh, but, yeah, I had the Bills at three as well. Four, I went Bengals. Okay, they are the okay. Super, They went to the Super Bowl. They just won the AFC. A loaded offense. And, you know, the few problems that they had, offensive line, much improved. They went out and solved that Absolutely. right away in free agency. They addressed some secondary needs in the draft. I think their young players will continue to improve. I got the Bengals at four. I don't hate that at all. I love their offseason. They have one of my favorite offseasons out of all the NFL teams. Yeah, yeah. They fixed their biggest need, which was offensive line. They invested heavily in it, and it hopefully it works. And Yeah, we'll see if it works out. And they, but today, and they went to the Super Bowl, so why I don't have them as the top team in the AFC? Just because I feel yeah, like these, other teams, these other teams are just more talented. I have the Chiefs at number four. Okay. Okay. So Chiefs at four over the Bengals. I have the Chiefs at four, even losing Tyree Kill, which I know is huge, but they still have the best quarterback in the world, in my opinion. They have Travis Kelsey, who's the best tight end in the world. They have yeah. a top two defensive tackle, Chris Jones. Yeah. Like this team has stars on its team, on their team. You could argue that Creed Humphrey is a top center as well. So that's four guys in their team that could be, they're no doubt at least top three at their position. They're one of the best at their position, yes. yes. And they went and got Juju, who's not Tyree Hill, but he's still a weapon that adds Receiver. to the team. They drafted Sky Moore. They did try to address the issues that they have. They got defensive backs. They got an edge rusher. Carl Aftis, yeah, McDuffie, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like this team went and tried to fill the needs that were glaring. And I think they did. So they're my number four team. They're my number five. Okay. I had Bengals at four. Cause since I have the Bengals at five. So there's a little flippity flip right there. Uh, yeah. You, you, you hit it all. Sky Moore, Juju, McDuffie, Carl Aftis, the position, the players they already have on the team. Andy Reed is the top five team in football. Top five team. Even a guy like me, who's been a bit of a doubter regarding the Kansas city chiefs. I got to bite my tongue and put them here in the top five for sure. Now, this is where it gets interesting, Tanner. Six through ten. Who do you have at six? 
I have the Chargers at six, a team that didn't even make the playoffs yeah. last year. But they had a great offseason. They got J.C. Jackson, who, in my opinion, is the best or second-best corner in football. They got Cleo Mack, who's still a good edge He can still play. He can still play, 100%. They have Justin Herbert, who's going to take another huge step I'm sure like this guy is going to be great. He's insanely talented. Yeah. This team filled. There's another team that saw their needs. They filled it. They went out, they spent the money. Uh The only thing holding this team back is that they play in the AFC West. The best division in football. Arguably like like this team could finish first in this division. This team could finish fourth in this division. This team could finish fourth in this division and still make the playoffs. And still make the postseason. I was going to say that. Exactly. Chargers are great. Their offense is loaded just as it was last season. They added everything that they needed to do defensively. Kind of comes down to coaching, how they're going to execute. There were a lot of questionable calls, especially in that final game against the Raiders to see who was going to make the playoffs. So let's see if Brandon Staley can elevate this loaded roster. I had Denver at six, though. I went with the Denver Broncos, another team that also did not make the playoffs last year. Or that they're the first team in history to what? miss the playoffs six straight years after winning the Super Bowl. That is a pretty concerning or fact. Seven. But but that kind of just shows you how important the quarterback position is and how they haven't had one. And what what was this team's biggest need? quarterback what did they do, go do get a top five top six when he's playing at his best russell wilson is is a is a top five top six very good quarterback in this league add him randy gregory i know how great he can be in flashes not an everyday kind of guy but in flashes this guy can do some big stuff you add those two guys and more to a team that won seven games last year nearly you know nearly was 500 they beat my Cowboys last season with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. They're legit. They added two big pieces, one huge one in Russell Wilson. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they are the sixth best team in football. I know you have to see it first, but I'm going to take a big, a bit of a swing and put Denver here at six. Yeah, I don't have Denver uh... – high on my power rankings at all just because I need to see them play in a game first for me for my mind to be able to grasp that Russell Wilson is on this team yeah I I I think that's completely fair I won't be pressing a bit of a swing by me but I think just kind of how confident I am and how this team is gonna be one of the best teams in football next year just gonna put that out there I had the Chargers at seven so Chargers, okay. they were almost right there at six. I gave Russell Wilson the nod, uh, but loaded offense. J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, Justin Herbert. Comes down to Brandon Staley for me, uh, but I got the Chargers right there. It's an absolutely loaded roster. Like, this team could win 13 games next season. Like, they could be even more. Like, they could be phenomenal. So, seventh yeah. for me. Yeah, I obviously, I like the Chargers. I had them at six. At my seven. Speaking of guys that I have to see to believe to be quarter to be quarterback in that team, I have the Browns at seven. This team I still think is so talented. I, this is has an asterisk mark next to it. This is huge. If, this huge is if Deshaun one. Watson plays. If Deshaun Watson doesn't play, they're nowhere near the top ten. They're like 
17th, 16th, 15th, maybe. Yeah, yeah, 16th. But with Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson is an incredible quarterback. He's going to do good things with this roster. This roster is talented. I, I definitely think they're at the lowest in the top 10 if Deshaun Watson's playing quarterback for him. See, this is my thing, like you said, with Denver. I can't even think about putting this team in the top 10 until I know for certain that that man is going to be starting under center week one. I can't because I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I really don't know. I would lean to say it probably won't happen, but you never know. You really never We know. haven't heard anything yet. You haven't heard a single thing, which is so weird, but we haven't heard a single thing. Who's to say he's not going to be starting? If he is, you're right. He definitely makes this list. The, the Browns make this list. But since he's not, since we don't know, they're not in my top 10, and they are not right there at number seven for me. So that's just my opinion. You are that way with Denver. I'm that way. At least I know Russell Wilson will be starting week one. Yeah, Let me just, let me just put that out there. Uh, so you have the – But Browns I think Deshaun seven. Watson's better. I think Deshaun Watson's uh, better too, but – Availability, my friend. Availability. It's not, actually, I don't know. I feel like they're about the same, but they're I think both, the Browns roster is better than the Broncos roster. Both in that second, moved. They're both in that second tier as to where you have your top guys and then the secondary where it's like Deshaun Watson. Maybe you throw Justin Herbert in, Herbert in there as well. Maybe you throw Joe Burrow in there as well, Russell Wilson, guys like that. Those guys could leap up you know, to that to that first tier. We'll see. It's Kylie Allen, Mahomes, yeah, that, Brady, yeah, That's Rogers. the exciting – that's the you exciting know. thing about the upcoming season. But who's going to take that next jump? Yeah, there's a lot of guys that could very well do that. So you had the Browns at seven. I had the Chargers at seven. Number eight, I went with the Raiders, a team that got knocked out in the first round last year. They added Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, a couple, couple of other nice pieces as well. Mike McDaniels. Or sorry, uh, what's his name? Uh, not, my, not McDaniels. Uh, McDaniels. Oh, what's his first name? Josh. Josh McDaniels, I think as Mike McDaniels, Josh McDaniels should improve this offense. He should improve this offense. He's got a bunch of weapons to play with. They now have a top two receiver in the NFL. They already have he already has a great relationship with their quarterback and Derek Carr. I think the Raiders are a top ten team, and I put them at eight. Yeah, I love the Raiders offseason. They're probably my favorite offseason. They, you did say they were your favorite one earlier. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. they I they got the guy who I think is the best receiver. They got Chandler Jones, a guy who in flashes is unstoppable. I and five got, sacks in a game last year. Like yeah, and they and they traded for Rocky Sin for the Colts, who I think is a good promising. It was young a pretty corner. even trade. Yeah, that was a good trade. This is a team that made the playoffs with a interim head coach after their coach gets fired midseason. I I expect this team to be pretty good and they lost to the Bengals, didn't they in yeah Rapid they Corner. lost to the team that went to the super bowl yeah right so and there's no shame game. in that there's no shame in that whatsoever so i got them at eight who, who do you have at eight at number eight i have the ravens i love the ravens off season oh i'm cool with that like i feel like i keep saying for every team maybe it's a little bit of recency bias but yeah. the ravens didn't make playoffs, but people forget this was the most injured team in the NFL last year. Week one, they were injured. Yeah, by like, week like, one, they had more injuries than your team did at the end of the season. You know? Yeah, exactly. And they had a great draft. They drafted the best defensive back in the draft with yep. Kyle Hamilton, yep. and they drafted 
Linderbaum. Linderbaum, who I think is the best interior offensive that center, in the draft. Probably, I think he was right. So yeah, so that's a that's two starters for your team right away to come into a team that's already promising and a real contender in the AFC when they're healthy. Mm-hmm. I love that. You were one step ahead of me. I had the Ravens at number nine. Okay, so the Ravens okay, on my list as well. And I have the Raiders at nine. So okay, so we're pretty close with all of these guys so much, or, or you know, pretty pretty much up until this point. Only uh change between the two of us, the difference is I had the Browns, or you had the Browns, I didn't, and I had the Broncos. So that was yep. the biggest difference up until this point. But you said it, Kyle Hamilton, Tyler Linderbaum uh, should help right away. Those guys are going to help right away. And they're going to get like half their roster back, it seems like. Like they were missing. So- Besides Hollywood Brown. Yeah, he gone. Okay, no Hollywood. Who no, is I, Lamar going to throw the ball to? I don't know who he's going to be throwing it to. Maybe he does something new this year. He's, he's so fast. He's going to throw it up and go catch it himself. Who knows? Um, but I think that's a good Always option. An option. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, with the players they're getting back, plus the players that they added in the draft, Lamar Jackson's coming back, who's an MVP of this league. The Ravens will be back. They will be a top team in the AFC, and they have to make this list. They have to. Yeah, and then at number 10, who did you have? This was like the toughest one for me. Like, yeah, me this, too. This was the toughest one. But I don't love any of these teams. Like ah. I, I don't love any of these teams. There was like five that I was debating that could deserve to be here. I went with San Fran because they were just in the NFC title game. They really haven't lost anybody. You know, very good on both sides of the ball. They could have an upgrade at quarterback. We'll see if Trey Lance can play. They could. Yeah, who's playing quarterback? Well, like, And one of the best coaches in the league. I went with San Francisco at number 10, but I don't love it. I'm going to be honest. I don't love it. Okay, so you went San Francisco, who doesn't have – a good quarterback. I went solely good quarterback, not a great team like San Francisco has. I went Packers at 10. You can't leave Aaron Rodgers two-time defending MVP off your top 10 preseason list. That's disrespectful. Hey, win an NFC title game. Make it to the NFC title game. Beat Jimmy Garoppolo. Then he can make my list, okay? When you beat Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, you beat Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Give me a ball. Okay, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> come on now okay he's a winner i don't want to take away anything that garoppolo has done um that's why i still think they'll probably have an upgrade at quarterback because i think trey lance will be better than jimmy garoppolo despite i agree i agree i think he's gonna be better uh there's a reason they traded up to go get a guy like that in last year's draft so i got san fran a much better roster Who's Aaron Rodgers throwing to? That's my big thing. If they had Odell Beckham or or Jarvis Landry, another you know accomplished guy on the roster, they make my list. Lazar and Randall Cobb and a second round pick. Who's who is Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball to? Is Debo, Debo ain't my... gonna be Debo ain't gonna be there? Yeah, hey, you don't know that though because he hasn't been traded. He's still on the roster. They're pretty determined. To you know, to to work some things out, but you're right. You're right. They still have a better roster overall than the Packers do. I think they have a better coach. I think, I, I think everything's better about them besides quarterback. 
and with Debo still on the roster, I, I give, you know, he's still there. He's still there, and there's not 100% certainty he won't still be there when the season kicks off. They're being pretty, you know, they're, they're playing hardball right now. They're being, you know, they, they don't want to just give him away. They know he's their most explosive, their most dynamic player. And uh, who they have at tight end? Well, I'm blanking George right Kittle. now. They have the second best top three tight end in the game. That's who you can throw to right there. Come on, if he's on the field. Because of right now, he's healthy. So probably going to be on the field. I got the Niners, but I was debating between the Packers, the Eagles, which I hate to say, but I think the Eagles are going to be a very good team. I think the Eagles definitely got better. I think they are going to win the NFC East. I know. I think so too. You told me off the mic that we have the Cowboys have the easiest schedule. First, I don't think that's true, but second, I don't even know if that matters. (laughs) I don't even know if that matters because the Eagles got better this off season where Dallas clearly got worse. They regressed. Um, so I, I, the Eagles, the Colts are still a very good roster. I think Matt Ryan is better than Carson Wentz. That could be an upgrade there. The Cardinals are still very good. So, yeah, I was debating between several teams, Cardinals, Colts, Eagles, Packers, a little bit of technical, technical difficulties there, but we are back. So this 10th uh, spot for both of us was, was the toughest one. What are a couple of the other teams you were debating before we wrap up the show? Yeah, I think a lot of the teams you just listed off are the best teams in the NFL. Like, but you, I could see some of these NFC teams that don't play in great divisions, like the Eagles, getting overhyped. But I, I, they might have a top ten record or something like that out of the day. But they're gonna play in an easier division or like the. Anyone that plays in the NFC South, like you're going to play the Panthers and the Falcons and teams I mean, like Saints could be better next year. I don't think they're going to be great, though. Man, it's been rough here to end the show. More technical difficulties. Not going to stop us, though. Not much to talk about besides what we just got to. Those are our top 10 teams. Hopefully you agree with me a little bit more than 10. Either way, both lists are very good. Uh, only only uh, change in team was you had the Browns, I had the Broncos. That and was the, I had the Packers, you had the 49ers. Oh, true. I, that that 10 spot is whatever you want to put in there. As far as the most part, our lists were pretty similar. Th- those top five was we know were exactly the same as far as team wise. Uh, so th- those are our top 10 teams. Schedule comes out on Thursday. Tanner's going to break down every single game, every single you know team schedule, <laughs> stuff like that. So look, look forward to that. Next couple of weeks, next several, many weeks, if not months, we're going to be doing lots of lists, top five, top 10 stuff uh, you know, regarding the NFL. So keep it locked on for that next couple of weeks. Tanner, our teams play on Wednesday night. I have a chance. My team has a chance to move on to the conference finals. You guys need a win on the would road. Be, win would be real nice. A win would be super nice. So you don't have to go force a game seven, you know, in game six. That would be preferred. So hopefully – Hoping for the best wishes for Milwaukee and Golden State on Wednesday night. I'm going to urge everyone to go check us out on all of our social media platforms before we wrap up the show. Twitter, dudes talking underscore pond and Instagram, dudes underscore talking underscore sports. Leave us a comment and review on whatever platform you are listening on. Thank you. I went out and checked the Apple podcast uh, comments the other day. 
even more than the last time I checked. So thank you all. We still have a perfect five rating uh, on that. It shouldn't be anything else, but we, uh, we appreciate all you people going out there, giving us the love. We appreciate everything. Thank you to everyone who has been a continued supporter before this week's, this week's episode. That's Tanner file. I'm Casey Foreman. We'll see you guys next week. All right, what's going on, guys? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host, Tanner File.
I think that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Deuce Talking Sports. Sounds good. Deuce Talking Sports. Sports.